Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've had a skateboarding intervention forced on me by my wife. All right, and now I'm going to slide my finger into the slot that I've just made. Rotherham's <laughs> a lot greener than people give it credit for. If I can touch people's ears with the pages of single track. Ear orgasms. That does sound like a sex thing. Hi, everyone. It's Mark here. Now, just before we start this week's episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Ola Dance. If you're looking for earbuds while riding... Oladance wearable stereo are the ones you need. The unique open ear design of Oladance allows you to listen to your favourite music when riding, yet still hear your surroundings to keep you safe. Now, what interested me is that unlike bone conduction headphones, their open ear design and multi-support design means your ears will never get tired or fatigued, even after two hours or more of listening. They also don't interfere with your helmet and glasses when you're putting on all your gear. Plus, the dynamic driver the earbuds use is three times bigger than most headphones, which allows them to deliver superior sound. The 16 hours long-lasting battery can last for your whole day. Just visit oladance.com forward slash STW and use the code STW30 to save 20% on your purchase. That's oladance.com, O-L-A-D-A-N-C-E dot com forward slash STW and the code STW30. Get yours now. Hi, Single Track World Podcast listeners. You join us for another episode. I'm Mark, and I'm joined in the virtual studio this week by. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. It's the, the first day back in the office. It's Tuesday, the 11th of April. We've had a massive, long four day weekend, which has been fabulous. What did you get up to, Hannah? Uh, I think I managed five loads of laundry, so that was quite an achievement. Oh, we're doing yeah. that, are we? Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'd been away for the week before, so I came back. I spent the Friday driving home and breaking my car. I spent the Saturday doing all the laundry and unpacking the car, and I spent the 
Sunday. Oh, I did do some gardening. And then yesterday in the rain, I took my car to the garage, which was actually a complete waste of time because it's not even worth spending money on. And I rode a bike, which was exciting, from the garage to the train station to Leeds, where I completely failed to purchase a dress to get married in. It sounds like you had no option but to ride a bike. Yeah, but it was actually a joyous... The bike riding, that was the one joyous experience of yesterday because that was actually the first time I have ridden a bike under my own steam since February because I'm only just allowed back on the bike now. Did you get Did you get wet? It was... The weather was horrific at times yesterday. Yeah, I raced the very large black cloud and avoided it. It was quite satisfying. Yeah, I got to the train station just as the first drops were falling. I noticed that when you listed the highlights of your weekend, you didn't actually list buying a wedding dress. I didn't buy a wedding dress. And it's not a wedding dress, it's a dress to get married in. But I did not buy one because they were all hideous. And there there are no shops left on the high street. And clearly I don't know what suits me anymore because I ordered two things off the internet that make me look at least 10 years older and at least 10 stone heavier so yeah right okay yeah it's not it's not good I don't like shopping who does Charlie what do you get up to this weekend I had um I had a five-day weekend but I can't account for every day yeah, it's my birthday on Thursday so um I had a, a leisurely homely day walking a dog and so on I've been Went out, nipped out for something to eat in Hebden and came home very late. And um, after that, we uh, Tanya, my partner, she, she's been given a wife. BMW. Sorry, she's wife. your wife. <laughs> Still kind of new. Um, she's, got, she's got her cars being fixed because a bus crashed into her. So her courtesy cars are M, uh, M3. Is it M3? BMW? It's a sporty BMW. It's about 50,000 quid. So we thought we'd take the dogs. Uh, out to the beach at oh, Formby. Went to Formby, which is it's not the same as Cornwall or Africa or other beaches, but it's not bad for up here. Formby's uh, got these statues in the in the sea, haven't they? Yeah, They've got the, uh, the those big metal people that look like they're sinking into quicksand. Yeah, <laughs> once you've looked at one, you sort of like you don't feel the need to look at the other seventy mm. or so. It's nice though. Um, it's a good beach to take a fat bike on. Yeah. Wow. It's big and flat, and there's no sand dunes there. But um, further up the coast, there's, there's some nice sand dunes. Occasionally, you see fat bikers out there. Mm. And then uh, what did I do in the in the storms of yesterday? I took a, a off road motorbike for almost two hundred miles, sort of non stop eight hours, crashing through rivers and over moors, and and uh, I, I walked down the stairs today one step at a time. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> Finished myself off yesterday, but yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm the only person here then who's actually done a proper mountain bike ride this weekend. So went out on so. Sunday on a bike without a motor. Yes. What? With my reputation? <laughs> it was great. It was just like riding a bike on an e-bike, just going a bit slower. But it was just as much fun. It was great. Loved it. And then yesterday I went skateboarding and now I can't lift my right arm above 90 degrees. Because I did. Uh, well, don't do it then. I know, <laughs> don't, don't lift your arm. Problem solved. Every week we have this conversation, Charlie, <laughs> about how crazy and stupid it is for anybody over the age of fifty to think that they can go skateboarding. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Everything hurts this morning. Yeah, I've, I've had a skateboarding intervention forced on me by uh, by my wife. 
because we're off, uh, we're off on a middle-aged, middle-class walking holiday, uh, which will be lovely. It's in Italy. There'll be lots of wine and food, and uh, and so I'm not allowed to skateboard for the month leading up to it, just in case I break something, which is fairly but, likely. <laughs> yes. But yeah. It's interesting because I guess uh, riding mountain bikes over steep, ridiculous technical stuff didn't come into that formula whatsoever, which I think says everything about skateboarding, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Sudden gusts of gravity is not a lack of skill. <laughs> it's, it's, all of a sudden, your your nose is on the, you know, is on the deck and I've no idea how that happened. So, yeah, That's what uh, happened to me yesterday. It was one of those moments where you don't so much have the sensation of falling as you have of the ground coming up to hit you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we are a mountain bike um, media organisation, so we should probably get back to talking about that. Now, uh, Hannah, you are off on a secret launch, aren't mm. you? You're going today. You're off uh, Well, I, I'm very excited because I get to stay in an airport hotel rather than sleeping on an airport floor. And this has never happened to me before because the flight's quite early. so And there's no public transport there in the morning. So, yes, I'm, I'm going to spend the night in Manchester Airport at the what? hotel. Oh, <laughs> the glamour. So, uh, and you yeah. can't say where you're going or what could you say? I'm, you I'm going, say I'm where going you're to going. Italy. I'm going yeah. to Italy, which I have not been to the Italian mainland before, so I'm quite excited about that. And I am excited about the prospect of actually being able to ride mountain bikes again. I am uh, I'm now cleared to ride... Well, I'm supposed to be riding gently. My physio would much prefer. However, she appreciates that might not be possible. So I'm going to try not to fall off. Yeah. And I am going to wear all the padded everythings. Good. Um, but yeah, so, like I say, I did enjoy myself riding around on a bike, just, you know, wiggling along the road and the bike lanes and stuff yesterday. It was fun. So just just remind the, the, uh, the listeners why it is that you have been... Recovering of late. Because I failed to learn to snowboard. <laughs> There's a pattern here, isn't there? <laughs> Two feet on one thing in a plane. Yeah. Yes, there mm. definitely is. No skateboarding, no snowboarding. Um, you should probably ban wakeboarding as well. Yes. All that I, I legendarily failed at wakeboarding once. What about... Um... In Italy, as it happens, I think on Lake Como. And uh, I just provided a, a rather effective anchor for the boat that i was in can we ban um iron boarding iron board. <laughs> oh I, we don't do that in my house who who irons yeah anyway mm. right let's move on then to what we've noticed what's caught our eye this week so each week we uh each of us comes to the uh, comes to the mic with something that's caught their eye this week so who wants to go first who's going to start this oh, one off let's go Oh, right. This is the. Is this going to be the ASMR segment? Maybe. What does ASMR stand for? I don't it's. Know. I don't know, but it's that <laughs> weird thing, the way you. It, I don't know. It's is a it, sex it, thing, isn't it? I isn't it an e- ear orgasms? Isn't it? It's listening to things on. So I assume by that sound, Hannah has a really big packet of onion rings, big packet of crisps. Actually, Anna, got, what have you got? got Tell us what you got. I've got a packet of onion rings downstairs. I forgot about that. <laughs> Who uh, leaves I have half a packet? My son. Um, it was a big bag. The latest issue of Single Track just dropped through the door as, as I was coming up the stairs. So I thought, I'll open it live. I can do a live opening. You ready? Should I go slowly or, or fast? 
was actually pretty good. I that like was that. outrageously good. That, I, everyone's going to think that was a sound effect we dropped in. That is that, stunningly oh, and good. Actually, all right, and now we... I'm going to slide my finger into the slot that I've just made and open it a bit with beer. That's the outer wrapping. Autonomous sensory meridian response. That's what AS. And what does that mean? Okay. <laughs> right. Integral to the subjective experience of AS ASMR is a localized tingling sensation that may describe as similar to being gently touched, but which is stimulated by watching and listening to video media in the absence of any physical contact with another person. There you go. That does sound like a sex thing. It does, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> Let me see if I can if I can touch people's ears with the pages of single track there. Go on. I, I think that sounds great. Have we have we improved the quality of the paper? <laughs> We've just improved the quality of the contents, Charlie. Brilliant. That's what quality content sounds like. <laughs> this is our actually today, isn't it? It's landing with subscribers today. Well, yeah. I mean, this has come through my normal. I don't have special private post. This is normal post that it's come in. Yeah. This is me seeing it for the first time. Mine also turned up this morning and landed on the mat, so it should be there with all of our... If you are a subscriber out there, a print and digital subscriber, so that you're expecting this, if when you listen to this it hasn't turned up, don't worry. It does take a few more days than usual for post to arrive. So give it until to, to next week, and then you might want to get in touch with Zoe if it hasn't turned up. There's always a, just a very small number that you, that can get lost in the post. Hopefully you're not one of those and you've got your copy in front of you right now as you're listening to this. So um, also for the digital only members, we actually have uh, by now probably most of the articles will be online for you to have a look. And there's one in particular. And when it comes to what caught your eye this week, I tell you what caught my eye. One of the articles that's actually gone up um, online that's in this issue that's got so much bonus content because it's digital. It's crazy. And that is the sleeping outside article. Oh, I had to get up at uh, seven o'clock this morning and put those stories out manually to make sure that they like appeared on the website in the right place. So that I did that before breakfast. Wow, that's commitment. But it's such a great article because it's, it's the same article that's in the magazine, which is absolutely brilliant. The pictures are great. Um, but then there's so much extra stuff that we've managed to cram in that we couldn't fit in the print issue that's that's online. So if you're a digital, well, all of our full members are digital, whether you get the print or just the digital, everybody gets digital. So go and check out that article online. And uh, yeah, it, it's fantastic. It, it almost made me want to go and sleep outside. And since my wife knows my aversion to camping is so strong, that's 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 no... It's no small feat of uh, of publishing <laughs> miracles to make me want to go and camp outside. <laughs> Charlie, what's caught your eye this week? Exciting news from the world of road bikes. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, road bikes are like normal bikes, but they go on the road. And um, just starting at the beginning, from a, you know, from a mountain biker's perspective, the people who wear the lycra skin suits, skinny tires, and all of that, and they and Almost no tech ends up in our world from that side of the uh, fence. But the, there's an event yesterday, the Paris Roubaix, or Paris Roubaix, Roubaix, 
if you uh, can't pronounce pro properly. It's uh, started in 1896 and is a mixture of tarmac and cobble sections. So it's kind of like historic road racing in places. Um, yesterday, uh, a couple of teams um, used a Bluetooth tyre pressure, a variable tyre pressure device. So they could play around with their tyre pressure whilst riding. So tarmac, cobbles, cobbles, tarmac. Low pressure, high pressure, high pressure, low pressure. And uh, so it's based around um, a big valve stem with hoses coming out of it, which looks looks a bit delicate, but I guess this is early stages. And the two hoses run from the valve stem down to the big blue hub, which is almost as big as uh, a disc rotor. But I guess they only use 140 disc rotors on road bikes or something like that. And, um, and then you have a Bluetooth switch in the bars, and it pumps air in and out of your tyres. It's... Um, there's an airline tire pressure sensor and all of that going on. And uh, it's very, very, very reasonably priced. <laughs> at, <laughs> not at 4,000 euros ago, which is, Oof. which isn't, you know, it's. So, how much do you win? How much do you win if you win? How much money do you win if you win the Paris Roubaix? Yeah. That's, it's, pro it's up there with winning, probably winning a stage of a Tour de France. It's, it's big. It's a big. It's a big deal, that race. Well, it so, needs to be more than €4,000 to... If it makes the difference between you winning and losing, then it ah, might be worth it, but... One of the guys riding this um, system, which is called... I should probably give you the name. I'm just one click away from that. It's called the Scope Atmos. Um, one of the guys who... The guy who won, won it last year used a Scope Atmos this year and didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Or he, he podiumed last year, and he, you know, but so he, um, he, he was less. Podiumed. I can't remember. It's road racing. I don't know the stats. Podiumed? No. This oh, come on. Where's that? Is our... this a new verb? You don't like podiumed? He got on the podium. Podium is not a verb. <laughs> it can be now. Yeah, but so many things get turned into verbs these days. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's not add to the list with okay. podiumed. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure I don't do any verbing. Yeah. <laughs> is verbing allowed? Are you? No. <laughs> you verbed. You I verbed again. <laughs> so um, this is 4,000 euros. That's 300 grams per wheel. And uh, it must have applications in the mountain bike world. I can see in, well, in where you've got mixed terrain. It would be brilliant. Would it? Would it? Yeah. Really? If, you're, if you're racing and you want to be fast and you get to a road section, or then you just, you know, whack up the pressure and you can zip along. And then when you get to the uh, bumpy bits, you can go to off-road pressure. If you got to a sandy bit or a snow bit, you could go super low. Oh, you lost me at racing. Yeah. So, well, so who will ban it first, the Three Peaks or the UCI? Oh, good God, the UCI. Uh, UCI. Um, so... Uh, Only because the organisers of the Three Peaks probably don't have internet and so they won't actually <laughs> see it for a, until it's put into some local newspaper print. So um, the UCI banned the RockShock Ruby? Was it Rudy? I think it was Rudy. a Rube, Rube, Ruby. I think it was. It was a road fork based on the ah, Mag yes, 10. The Rudy Mag was the mountain bike fork. Yeah. The Ruby it was, was the, the old fork. road fork. So that's, that was something that was developed with the Paris-Roubaix in mind. And uh, and that was banned. That was about 30 years ago. About uh, 30 you see, that ago. answers a question out of my mind, which is why are they bothering taking the tire pressures up and down? Why don't they just put suspension on it? But guess, yes, of course the UCI yeah. got that first. Yeah, so I can't imagine this sticking around. And, um, yeah, UCI will ban it soon. Yeah. 
So will we see it in mountain biking? That's the big question. Will it, will it cross over? Yeah. I wish. Who knows? I wonder. Who knows? I'm worried about using sealant. If you're sucking air oh, you're just back in and out. Pulse. You're just going to fill your hub with sealant, aren't you? As yeah. You're, you're, you're going to jab it. The sealant will no point get to some expensive bit of tech and go, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 were, you were a pump. Now you're just a 300 gram expensive um, bit of bike jewelry. What it could be useful for is rather than the sort of general alteration up and down, is just an on the go blast. So let's say you're racing downhill and or an enduro, and you get a flat, and then you push Mm. the button, and it goes bang with a big like self-inflating thing, and pops it back up Uh, again. That sounds like something that actually might be worth having. Yeah, if but you burp your tyre. Yeah. yeah. You burp possibly your tyre. It's not a puncture. You yeah. just suddenly just let out a lot of air. So you're just pushing air in. You're not sucking yeah. the sealant out. Yeah. yeah. It's quite an expensive piece of kit for that very rare occurrence, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that maybe all right. But you know, bikes. Unless... Some, some of those bikes are quite expensive bits of kit for that. That's true. <laughs> those, those I don't know, eight or ten down. <laughs> I'm less cynical now about it. Now we've actually had a discussion about it. Right. So the the, the last thing I want to mention um, is the fact that all of our members out there, we've got a new feature for you, haven't we, Charlie? We just launched yeah. it over the weekend. Yeah. Um, Tell us about it. We have uh, so all single track um, members. Um, so basically, if you um, if you received a magazine or a digital member, um, you get access to a whopping great selection of hundreds and hundreds of special discounts. Um, so um, these um, include dramatic pause because I'm scrolling. Um, Garmin forty percent, Camelback twenty percent, Gyro Markoff, Hiplock and Jura fifteen percent, Oakley twenty percent, Panaracer thirty percent. And also, beyond these useful cycling discounts, um, you'll find Argos, Marks & Spencers, Audi, Tesco, and Sainsbury's in there at a, at a lower percentage. And so basically, if if you're sat on the fence and thinking, oh, I'm not sure if single-track membership at a very reasonable 45 quid a year is, uh, is um, you know, a bit much, well, you can save absolutely effing hundreds with your membership now. So you can get 3.8% off at many supermarkets. That adds up for, I did the maths. Um, that's a couple of hundred quid save for me. And I'm, I'm a, we're only a household of two plus a dog, but we do like steak and wine. Posh food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so what you need to know is um, to access this, um, basically, if you go to the, um, singletrackworld.com website top right you'll find the member zone click on member zone uh halfway down the page there's a block called save click on that and then you'll find a link you then put in your email and they'll um the magic system will send you a magic code which will be valid for an hour and that will get you in and you'll be able to see all the amazing discounts so yeah there's a couple of people are asking about why do we have to stick our email address in that's because this is uh this is actually provided to us this is a service that we are buying in for our full members at no cost to them. It's all part and parcel of the existing subscription. Uh, in order to make sure that it's just our full members that can benefit from it, then their system has to do a check with our system to make sure that you are a proper, fully paid up member. And so that's why you have to stick an email address in there. But it's really, really quick. I mean, the, I, I, I did it and the, 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 the link that they email back to you to get into the system is so quick that uh, it's no time at all. But uh, yes, so this is actually a system. And I think the people behind this 
system are also the people who provide um, discounts for if there's anybody out there working for an emergency services of the NHS, you might be familiar with the blue light uh, discount scheme. And I think, and uh, the, the company behind that is also behind this. So it's, it's a great new addition at no cost to you members. And we hope you make the most of it. Oh, I forgot to mention Oakley. You also get Oakley oh. in there, 20% off Oakley. Do yeah, they have it's... any money off really cheap cars on Auto Trader? <laughs> <laughs> Halfords. The Halfords are in there. Yeah, I've so, used so, all possible repairing things from Halfords already. Maybe you should just polish Beyond it and that. sell it. They've got to shiny and sell it. You've got a cargo bike. What more, what more do you need, surely? Right, finally this week, we actually have... Uh, we, last week, we launched our new series, which is cunningly called Desert Island Disc Breaks, which is where we oh. interview some personality or notable person from the bike industry and ask them a whole bunch of questions that some people may be familiar with if if you're like us and you're avid Radio 4 listeners. Um, Or is that just me? It's probably just me, isn't it? I've kind of moved to Radio 6. Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, I guess 6 Music. Clinging on to my youth. So last week we interviewed Nick Craig. And uh, when I say we, it was Hannah who's here with us today. And Hannah, you... I have interviewed somebody else this week. So do you want to tell us about it before we uh, lead into that interview? Sure. So it's Chris Maloney this week, who people will probably know as Keeper of the Peak, um, as a Twitter account. Um, and he's also now the chair of the Peak District MTB. Um, so he does loads of advocacy work uh, for mountain bikers and he he gets quite wound up about um, access law and that kind of thing. So um, it was it was quite hard. Like when I asked him one question, then he'd answer all the rest of them in his answer. So he's, he's a man with a lot to say. So the Desert Island Disbrace bit is just one little bit. And then um, I've got a longer interview with him uh, to come, probably in the magazine um, a bit later in the year. So Desert Island Disbrace is a teaser of his his life in bikes rather than all the advocacy stuff. Welcome to another edition of Desert Island Disc Breaks, and today we're joined by Chris Maloney. Hi, Chris. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, all right. Yeah. Now then, for those that don't realise, this is a complete shameless rip-off of the famous radio show, and so you're going to be washed up on a desert island where you'll spend the rest of your days alone, apart from the company of a single bike. Well, they have a helmet and probably some pads as well depending on how rad you're going to get, a toolkit and some trail building tools. Excellent. Uh, how, does, how does the prospect of being washed up on a on a desert island alone with no means of communication appeal to someone who uh, works in communications? That sounds like absolute heaven. It sounds like an <laughs> ideal place. Um, yeah, I, I work in communications and it's, a, it's a, a very, very busy job, but I've also got three kids and do all the volunteer stuff I do. So to be able to just be completely cut off for that for ages. My wife won't listen to this, so it's okay. Um, that would be a lovely break for an extended period of time, I think. Well, we've just had a hint at how busy your life is now, but let's mm. go all the way back to the beginning. And so when did you learn to ride and what was your first bike? 
as always, you kind of do you think back to my dad pushing me along on the road somewhere and things. But but I go back to the earliest bike memory I have, and this is in my my grandparents' garden in the suburbs of Rotherham. And I don't know whose it was or where it came from. He must have, have got it from one of his friends somewhere. But there was a tiny little rally bluebird. Now, a rally bluebird was like a mini, mini chopper. And mm-hmm. it had a big black saddle on it with a little chrome back on it. And it was blue, obviously, uh, with the little raised cow horn bars on there. And I used to spend summer holidays blatting around that garden up and down the garden path, which is a higgledy-piggledy path, which which gave me a, a I think a, a very early taste of janky tracks and things like that. Especially uh, with that uh, geometry. Yeah, oh yeah, with like a twelve-inch wheel on it and things. And um, and and what I remember really, really firmly from it is the cranks were knackered, and so it used to go clank, 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 clank when you were pedaling all the time. And yeah, so so that was my I think my earliest memory of riding a bike. Okay. Well, so did you keep riding bikes all the way through childhood, or did yeah. you did you have a teenage break or anything like that? No, no, no. I I carried on all the way through. So um, the minute I got out of school, I'd be back on the bike and then down to the woods, and mm. and and it, I I don't know whether it was for the love of the riding that I did it all the way through my teenage years, or it was me justifying going and having a chocolate eclair from the the bakers down the road. So I'd jump on my bike, go and earn a chocolate eclair, and then just trough terrible food before my mom came back from work and um and, and we got fed but no i just carried on so i uh, i got that rally burner <clears throat> struggled to keep up with my older brother and his mates as they'd be off uh, around the woods on their bike doing things and i'd be there on 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 the burner with like really long cranks trying to do um what is now certainly mountain biking territory riding but loving it absolutely loving it and then um yeah, then then got a mountain bike when I was twelve, which I was far too small for, but but perched on top. You know, when you see kids on a massively oversized bike, and I was perched on top of this thing. Um, With room little, to grow into. Yeah, yeah, room to grow into. Yeah, it'll grow into it. It'll be fine, and and I did thankfully. And that bike's still in my parents' garage actually, but that really introduced me into mountain biking then, which I just fell in love with. Absolutely fell in love with, and rode all the way through my teenage years week in week out here there and everywhere until I could start well until I start driving and that just opened up everything else for me in the whole world of of wider mountain biking um and made me realize I had a totally unsuitable mountain bike so I thought I will go and buy a far more suitable mountain bike I'll go and buy something far better than this this rally drake and I think it was and so I ended up on a a um three ton Saracen Raw because I thought that was a good bike um and and back then it really really wasn't so but yeah no never never gave up on the biking loved it absolutely loved it all my life so was that saracen raw the first bike you bought with your own money or had there been one before that uh yeah that will will have been the first bike i bought with my own money and and yeah we bought that and then what did i do we went we got the train me and a couple of my mates um took our bikes and we went out to the middle of the peak district 16 years of age or something we lived in rotherham so it wasn't easy to get out there um and it was a bit of an adventure when i was uh, such a wet behind the ears youngster 
got into the middle of the Hope Valley and thought we need some supplies from somewhere. And me thinking the only place you can buy supplies is a supermarket, we then proceeded to pedal from the middle of the Hope Valley to Bakewell, which is a long distance on the road. And then we started our ride. So before we'd even start the ride, we were worn out. But uh, yeah, that, that bike then very, very quickly revealed itself to not be suitable in any way, shape or form for any of the kind of things that I wanted to do. Yeah, what did I do then? Such borrowing bikes here, there and everywhere. And then yeah, university came around and um, went out and got myself. What did I get then? I saved up and I bought myself a specialised rock hopper hardtail, which again, I still have. And I yeah. rode, I've ridden twice this week. Oh, very 20, good. 20-odd years old. So yeah, I love that. That was value bike. for money then. It was value for money. What was the first bike that you had stolen? Oh, the first bike that I had stolen... How depressing a question is that? <laughs> what was the I first bike? It's, like, it's just a given that being a mountain biker, you've had one stolen. The first bike I had stolen was a Lapierre Zesty 214, which was a my dream bike that, I, that I'd saved up for and saved up for and saved up for. Begged, stolen, borrowed money from um, my parents as well to get this bike, which I bought secondhand, actually, but it was it was quite a new one. Yeah, and then then made the mistake one day of leaving it unlocked inside my house i normally chained it to the radiators and things like that and then somebody came in the back door and the next morning it wasn't there and the only the first i knew of it i i came i, I lived in a house in in hunter's bar in uh, in sheffield immortalized in the arctic monkey song of course um and i am from rotherham um you can look it up and uh, i came down and my housemate was making breakfast and she said oh what are you doing here I said, well i live here Funnily enough, she said no no your bike's not here i thought you'd gone out biking it's like what do you mean my bike's not here thinking she was having a joke with me and then uh, the bike had the bike had just disappeared never to be seen again inside um, your own house that's inside brutal. my own house yeah it was it wasn't wasn't pleasant really it wasn't pleasant really I've, I've been on the end of like stereos being nicked and all those kind of things from my car. There was one period where my car was broken into um, three times over a, an 18 week period once they'd given time for the stereo to be replaced by the insurance. Okay. Uh, but the, I don't know, there's something about the bike going that was that was really, really sad. Really sad. I was like, oh no, what, what do I do now? Because I'd saved up so much for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then went back to the old rock hopper again. <laughs> Well, and and it was still there when you got back to the train station. It then. was still there when I got back to the train station, but but slightly grumpy with me. And uh, yeah, <laughs> then late at night, and then I had to cycle back up from the station with my lights not working, which hadn't been charged because I was expecting a taxi. But anyway, enough of the problems of uh, public transport in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned riding in the woods as a kid yeah. and on that uh, inappropriate rally. Is that kind of your first memorable off-road riding or is there another one that sticks where i lived in rotherham we were lucky to have um, some really nice woodland just down the road and and i would go down there and it'd be in and out of the trees rooty bumpy stuff and that then progressed to if i hit that bump there i'd get a little bit of air and that's quite good fun and I've, I've never been very good i'm still firmly wheels on the ground a wheels on the ground rider now but yeah it was just going out and riding around the local woods and then going oh we've got to these woods let's ride a little bit further afield and you'd ride a little bit further afield then you'd realize there was a motocross track it's like oh i can ride on that motocross track and then you go down the motocross track and things like that and that was quite terrifying because obviously the tabletops you get on a motocross track are a little bit bigger for, for somebody on a little bike like mine than, than than i was used to but it just i don't know it, it just sowed a seed really of i can go here and then 
I can go that little bit further. And then I can go that little bit further and then I can go that little bit further. And this was in that, that halcyon time in the 80s, 90s, when you got up in the morning and you went out to play until the sun came, the sun went yeah. down and all those kind of things, you know. Um, and so I just ride and ride and ride and ride and then just go further afield and never any, no, never any panic about me going missing or anything. I, I was just trusted to come back, you know. Never yeah. let my kids Did you get sent out with like uh, 10 pence in your pocket just in case you needed to use the phone booth? Uh, no, no, because because I was from a, a painfully middle class family, I had one of those phone cards. <laughs> you remember the little phone oh. card you could buy that was loaded with a few things, but you always had to find one of the green telephone boxes rather than a standard red one, and they were few and far between. But uh, yeah, no, so I'd, I'd just, yeah, just go out and explore the countryside of Rotherham. The countryside of Rotherham. Which there is, right? No, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Rotherham's a lot greener than people give it credit for. If you haven't been, I wouldn't say it's an exact... A, 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 the most um, desirable mountain biking destination but for somebody uh, as I was going out and just wanting somewhere with some hills which there are hills in Rotherham some nice woodlands nice greenery and stuff it's yeah it's a nice place to be I mean going down to Listerdale Woods and Wickersley Woods and down through the gorse these are all places that are really memorable for me that mean nothing for anybody else but now I last weekend I went to see my parents took my kids with them and they're going oh this place is awesome I'm like yeah I know so that's nice well you're going to get to play God to before you go to this <laughs> island. So you can decide to take Rotherham there if you want. No, you're um, right. <laughs> you, get to choose, you get to choose and build your own island. So what, what kind of rock and soil and climate and vegetation are you going to have there? Right. Some of those questions are really hard. The, the, <laughs> the, the easy one was the weather. Because I, 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 whenever I think about mountain biking weather, an image pops into my head. And the image is of... Um, a ride I was on some years ago with my friend Ed and we were riding the Howgills and we'd been up from Sedba over the calf up, is it Bowderdale that way? And you go right up and you go up and up and up and up and if you haven't ridden there, I know you have but if, if others haven't ridden there, go and ride there because you get up on top of the hills around Sedba and it's just this blanket of of kind of brush green isn't it, this beautiful mm -hmm. grass grassy hills but coming back down, we came back down the River Rothy, I think, back into Sedba. It's a big clockwise loop you do. And it was late spring, one of those warm spring days. There's some foliage on the trees. And I can just I picture it in my head now. I can see it crystal clear now. Sunlight just getting through and dropping dapples of light onto a shaded bit of woodland as we came down under what I think were um, birch trees. As he crossed over a stream going on there, it was just just beautiful and just like picture for for good weather that was it. So late spring, nice warmth, not too hot for riding. Rock, well, I mean, keep for the peak, all that kind of stuff. It's peak district stuff, isn't it? Gritstone stuff that you can you can go on at forty five degrees and stand still on, and you'll still not slip. So you're only no interested in the, the dark peak, not the white peak, though. No, because I was going to say that as well. I was going to say that. So I've got here peak gritstone question mark or peak limestone question mark. Because I was I was challenging myself with it, going, I love the grit stone because of the, the stuff you can do and the grip you get and the way it just really um, supports whatever you want to do on the bike. But I thought my favourite descent's Cavedale, and that's limestone all the way down. So I'm just contradicting myself. I don't know. I like all the riding out there. I don't like all the riding out there. I don't like the muddy stuff when you get grass all clagged up in your derailleur. Can I have both? Can I have grit stone and limestone? Both. I I'll think you're completely both. mad for wanting any limestone anywhere near, but okay, you can it's have great it. Fun. Yeah, it's great <laughs> fun. It's got to be prepared for the for a bit of movement on there. Um, so it's so it's not completely dry. There's a little bit of give in the soil, but not enough to chew it all up. Because as we know, 
chewing things up and gnawing and all that kind of stuff is fast is ridiculously irresponsible <laughs> well <laughs> so here's another choice you're going to have to make and it maybe gets into some of what you spend some of your time doing that you're going to get to choose whether you send a trail team ahead to build everything that you're ever going to be able to get to ride there or you just get a blank slate but you've got to build it yourself I'd send a trail team, but it would be for some very subtle foliage cutback. So cutting back a few things, maybe just a tiny bit of lawn mowing on, on some of the brambles that are creeping across. No, no, it's my island. No brambles on this island. There aren't any brambles. <laughs> yeah, they've gone. I don't have any brambles. Um, yeah, maybe maybe just a trail team just to, just to take back some of the, any of the spiky stuff that's around there that's going to get caught up in things. But I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I love the natural stuff. Really love the natural stuff. So yeah, once it relatively pristine, just the okay. uh, the the track that we'd carve out ourselves riding, I think will be the will be the thing. And I think about so, I think about going riding up on where did I go? I rode up in the the White Mountains in Crete, and and up there, while it was there were way marked trails that were part of one of the big European long distance trail routes and stuff, the walking routes. They allowed bikes on there. Nobody ever goes on them anyway. And they were planned and, and maintained trails, but so rarely maintained that they were almost natural anyway. And obviously it's a lot drier as well. So yeah, that kind of very, 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 very light touch trail maintenance thing. Knocking out a drain, that kind of stuff, you know. Okay, so when it comes to what sort of trails you're going to have, it's not going to be like North Shore and sculpted jumps then, is it? Oh, I'm terrified of North Shore. I'm terrified of North Shore now. And 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 like I say, the uh, the the getting my wheels about a foot off the ground from a tiny little kicker was about as far as I go. Uh, I've seen photos of me jumping. I've seen videos of me jumping, and I am the I'm just like the dead sailor straight over. I'm just rigid on there. I remember once um, before Grenoside in Sheffield was built up and up and up and become uh, what it is now. There was a little kicker on one of the runs with a slight gap jump, only about four or five feet and about two feet high kicker. It was nothing. It was pathetic. And I just thought, I'll just hit it as hard as I can. And I went, I just went into orbit. So I flew off the top of this thing and landed in a heap on the other side. And all I can remember, all I can picture now, is the the jagged felled pine trees all around, just like like one of those medieval scenes that you see with people with the spikes waiting for the horses to chase them down and stuff and i'm just dropping towards these things rolled and rolled and rolled in a, in a massive heap on the ground there my friend came down behind me he's like oh you're all right you're all right I was like, yeah yeah come on let's go do it again he goes all right you've got to get straight back up and do it again i did slowed down a bit followed him through and, and landed it but no it's uh no no the uh the sculpted stuff the big jumps terrify me and and i've fallen off north shore enough times <laughs> <laughs> to know how hard how painful chicken wire can be so so then your trails are they going to be just like long xc trails are you going to have some enduro stuff thrown in what, what are you going to have there? yeah i mean yeah there's going to be some enduro stuff thrown in there i think because i do like a little bit of a techie challenge i do like some fun in there all those kind of things when you think about these things you, you try and if you've got a desert island that's yours you're tempted to throw together all the kind of crown jewels of rides you've done in the past, aren't you? What's been the most perfect rides I've done? And and then you kind of go, well, that's difficult because were the rides, were the perfect rides I've done in the past about the place I was riding or the kind of ride I was doing? Or, or for me, what are the memories that come back? And it's, it's the people I was riding with. So when it's a desert island, that's where the challenge comes because I can't mm. take any people with me. 
so I, I think about these beautiful long i mean i had a great ride on Ullock pike that was beautiful riding down there up on the ridge line up there and just just riding with these beautiful views quite techy riding on there um coming down from skidor and, and down that way there and then i think about some of the stuff in the long mend again i'm up on the hill up near the gliding club and stuff i'm riding along there just just enjoying the view and things so my desert island would have some lovely long um ridge line rides with some techy little ranger path style nagery stuff in there as well to play with i think mm-hmm. those those would be my trails well back to bikes then and which bike do you wish you had had but you never actually owned it that's a difficult one that is a difficult one because i've kind of You've I've kind all of just the ones rid- you ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of just, I've kind of my my bike history. I've just bought the bike that's been available to me. I'm not really chased after bikes. I mean, I ride the bike I have, you know, and just make the best of it. With the exception of that that Zesty Two One Four, which was I'd, I'd seen this bike and I thought that's a beautiful bike. I really, really want that one. Then I got it and I was disappointed, which can, it's like the worst thing ever. Um, just get the, your dream bike. You buy your dream bike and then it doesn't. It's not the dream you thought it would be. It was too. It was too um, too flighty. It was too too light and nimble. Like it, it, it wanted. It was too, wanted to. Um, oh, it's not, it's not frisky. Frisky's not the word. It, it it was. It was. It wasn't solid enough a bike for, for what I do, which right. is a lot of the time blatting through things. The Jekyll I've got now is a is um is much more, much more of a burly bike for doing those kind of things. I, I do love some of the Cotics. I do love some of the the, the the Cotics, but I can't. I just can't justify getting one as yet. I'm sorry, listen okay. to this. Sorry, sorry. I mean, <laughs> by all means, not that I'd ever be every. I'm sure he wants people who are more photogenic and can do better things on his bikes for uh, for sponsored riding. But yeah, some of the Cotics are just they're just lovely looking bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I could pick pick one from any of that that uh, little family. I think really. Well, you can continue to lust after that for now, then. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might be listening. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a lot of time on your hands on this island. So what skill are you going to try and learn? Oh, home. Upon? Probably fire lighting. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to survive and cook. I could do loads of cooking, couldn't I? Um, fishing, maybe. I don't know. Um, I've always wanted... Oh, this is really sad. This is really geeky, but, you know, like whittling away at wood and stuff like that, just doing mm-hmm. wood turning and all those kind of really crafty things, which would suggest to me that I'm just turning into my dad, basically, because he likes doing all those kind of things. And, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe a bit of that. You're in good company, because Nick Craig said stuff to do with wood uh, yeah. uh, for the same question. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so yeah. There. Yeah, because I mean, you think about that, and you could you could craft yourself a nice chair to sit on, and something to go fishing with, and a nice treehouse, and all those kind of things, couldn't you? So it's just practical things. There's no point in doing things like learning a foreign language because there's nobody to talk to. So um, <laughs> I could learn some boring games or something. But yeah, woodwork, I think woodworking. Well, and then you get to have an annual visit from a mechanic. Do <laughs> one task. So so what task are you gonna just hand over to them? What task? Um, it would be my annual bike service, I would assume, because I, I, I'm, I'm so pushed for time that I wouldn't be on the desert island um, that I just get even the most mundane of tasks done by my bike mechanic, James Irwin, at the bike garage in Bamford. And, and so he's like, have you even cleaned your bike before you've handed it over to me this time? I was like, no, sorry. He's like, right, OK, fine. Uh, oh, but what am I terrible at? biscuits. 
Oh, yeah, well, I do take in biscuits, yeah, and, and, and other things as well. So I take in biscuits and coffees and things. And, and sometimes, even amazingly, sometimes paying for the services he provides, which shock horror. Um, yeah. But you know what I'm really, really rubbish at, and I always seem to completely cock up, is a brake bleed. I can't bleed brakes for toffee. I used to be able to. On on um, little Hope Minis and stuff like that, I found those really easy. But anything else these days that, that involves stick this one at this end and this one at this end oh, it just loses me and i don't know whether that's because i don't have the time or the patience or it, it's probably down to my complete mechanical ineptitude a brake bleed because right. on my island with its ridge lines and janky little nagery drops and things um my brakes are going to be taking a bit of a beating I think. yeah you're going to be dragging them you're going to be <laughs> stopping suddenly yeah, doing all those things workout. all those yeah. absolutely terrible habits that you shouldn't do yeah i'm doing it all <laughs> okay you can take one book with you you get to have a subscription to single track we've decided you get that anyway it's a given yeah you don't get the bible um so if you want to take that you've got to choose it but uh, you single do get track, a subscription single track, to... not the bible hannah <laughs> but you can choose another book the gospel according to chips um um what might the book be <clears throat> there's a there's a book i love i absolutely love for its use of language and it's by it's quite an old book it's by a, a chap called william golding quite a famous author and he wrote a book called the inheritors um okay. in the 50s one. and his use of language in the inheritors is beautiful it's about um neanderthal man coming into contact with modern man and their interactions together and how they talk oh, and how okay. they interact and stuff but for the first uh i think i don't know how many chapters i'll say there are 20 chapters for the first 19 chapters it's written from the perspective of the neanderthal and then from for the rest of it it's written from the perspective of uh, modern man and really recommend people read it because it's beautiful the descriptions the simplistic descriptions of of the world around neanderthal just yeah it's amazing and and i go back to that book every single year and read that again um so i take that one with me it's a really special book for me that one so that, cool. that one well hopefully you can take you to a different world when you're bored of looking at your island and exploring it yeah so, and you get to take one album with you as well yeah didn't know on this one I'll go to the kind of the standard thing I'm, I'm thinking about what i've been listening to this morning um and i've had some gorillas on this morning and i had some beetles on this morning um, I've had some Blur on this morning, who were my favourite band. So I was going. I've, I've just realised I've, I've written it down wrong here. I've written Blue here. I wouldn't be taking Blue with me. <laughs> by blue. No, Blur. There might be a Blur album, but there's one that I always go back to. I, go, oh, I just want to stick something on, and that's by uh, Nightmares on Wax. So the Leeds DJ, oh, yeah. and it's called Smoker's Delight, and it came out in about oh ninety something, ninety two, ninety three or something. And it's a properly, properly chilled out, really listenable album. So for Desert Island Life, it would be Nightmares on Wax, Smoker's Delight. Okay. It's a wonderful little cool. album. Nice and chilled. Okay. And then uh, a luxury item for a while. You're just chilling in this paradise. A snorkel. I'll take a snorkel with me. Oh, yeah. Because I love snorkeling. So I take my snorkel. Or, or, and I did think about this one as well. You didn't. There were no parameters on how, how big my luxury item could be. So it was a, it was a shipping container of dairy milk, red wine and chocolate orange. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a shipping container of migraine. Yeah, yeah so, so that's, that's the kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Um, for, for when well, you're not I, when allowed not... to use it to escape and or to communicate with the rest of the world, but otherwise, yeah. know, I think that's allowed. 
That's um, well, there you go. Then. So, so it'd be it. I'd be on my desert island, whittling away at my wood, having just ridden down off my ridge line with my broken bike that doesn't have any brakes anymore, and I could just sip a glass of red wine and have a chocolate orange, listening to I'm my. I'm not sure wax. you should whittle with wine. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> well, no. You yeah. better add a first aid kit to the uh, first aid kit should phone. be in there. Yeah, it should should have something like. Yeah, that'd be really bad, wouldn't it? Oh, I've just lost my thumb again. <laughs> Never mind. So yeah, so that that would be it. That's been a little bit cheeky in pushing the the boundaries, I think, of what I'm allowed. But I, what I find with uh, they say there's no evidence in this, but I like a glass of red wine when I'm doing writing and things like that. I find it quite useful lubricant for the old thinking when it comes to doing okay. the writing and stuff. Now you did say that you'd lust or you were lusting after a cossack but you didn't do that you only get to take one bike with you to ride for the rest of the day rest of your days question so what the last thing what are you going to take what am i going to take which bike am i going to take with me mm-hmm. i'm going to take my current bike you know because i'm really yeah. happy with my bike and it's quite an old cannondale jekyll um and it just yeah it just does the job i got it from um ben who works for short tires up here and i was ready for a nice big bouncy bike that just can take the rough and roughness of the, the peter street without me having to think too much about it and yeah it's just been ideal for me which is why i haven't changed it for, for ages and ages and ages and just really really enjoy riding it it's become you know like i was saying about my rock hopper being that little dog that i this like the dog that i take down the pub mm-hmm. and stuff like that it's 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 like that with my with my jekyll so i take that with me i think and i really missed it when i, when I was talking about that um that ride i did in crete and and yeah. i hired i can't remember what i hired now i borrowed a bike can't for the life of me remember what it was a pretty thing and we 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 loaded them into the back of a suzuki chimney me and the, the guide drove up all these little roads up in these mountain roads into the middle of the white mountains in uh, in crete and then started riding i realized straight away why it's important to have a good relationship and know your bike well so straight away the brakes were the wrong way round. Uh. Oh, my word and we're, we're going down these shingly limey uh limestoney tracks with your brakes flipped oh, and, and big drops down here and a big drop down here and and like oregano bushes then thorn bushes here and everywhere yeah no I, I i want a bike i'm comfortable with i have a very good relationship with and i know very, very well i know what all the cracks and bangs and creeks and things are i know where they've come from i know what the battle scars on them are so yeah i would take my cannondale jekyll with me okay well so you're gonna stick with what you know as we send you off into yes. the unknown off yes. your desert island <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today It's been a joy. Thank you very much. So there you go. That's the second episode of Desert Island Disc Breaks for you. Now, just before we all disappear and uh, head off, what's going on this week? So, uh, Hannah, you're off to Italy on a secret Mm -hmm. bike lunch. Charlie, what's going on with you this week? Uh, short Short week. Friday, I'm heading down south to hang out with some guys called Black Swan, who are international rescue chaps who sort of fly planes into Haiti and they just got back from the um, earthquakes on the other side of Europe. Um, we're going to the woods. Um, there's beer involved and there's a optimism workshop based around gin. That sounds contradictory. <laughs> gin always makes me a bit maudlin. Yeah, I think we're building a sort of a woodland classroom or something as well. So, um, but um, yeah, 
It's, Excellent. It's a weird well, weekend. <laughs> I cannot top that, so I think we shall leave it right there. So until next week, that's all from me. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from and me. And goodbye from me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.